Welcome to the Magis Pod, brought to you by Saints Peter and Paul Jesuit Church, a diverse Catholic community located in the oldest church building in the heart of downtown Detroit. For the links to the readings, check the show notes. Enjoy Father Gary's latest homily. A couple of acknowledgments before I begin the homily today. I noticed that um, three or four of our Jesuits from Africa uh, have joined us for Mass today. They're staying in my community. Why don't you raise your hands, guys? So yeah, let's welcome them. And especially welcome them because I know this is the first winter weather for some of them, so you can imagine the state of shock that they're in. I also want to acknowledge, I see a couple people here. We had our Young Adult Leadership, Ignatian Leadership Program retreat yesterday, and they had to drive to the retreat location way out in the burbs yesterday morning. So I want to congratulate them and welcome them. You want to raise your hands too? There's a couple of them over there. Good. And we also acknowledge that tomorrow is the celebration of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And I'll uh, mention that later in the homily, but that's a great day in our country's history and in our culture. So um, you'll have to forgive me as I start here. Uh, the second reading today that, that Helen read about uh, the body being the Lord's and not our own, and uh, a little discourse about morality and immorality insofar as it affects the body. It reminded me of a song that I know. There's a Franciscan priest named Father Stan Fortuna, and he writes Christian hip-hop music. Christian hip-hop music. And one of his songs is based on this second reading that we had today. So I'm sorry when I hear it, <clears throat> all I can think of is that song. It goes something like this. <clears throat> you ready? <laughs> The body is the Lord's. The body is not your own. The media has a bad plan to drag you down to the zipper zone. <laughs> Julie is cringing over there. <laughs> she can't believe I actually did that in public. <laughs> So hold on to that thought. We'll come back to it later in the homily. But as we look at the first reading today and the gospel, there's a clear thread that ties them together. And it is that thread of our own encounter with God. As we sang in that opening hymn, hearing the voice of God in our own lives. How do we have that encounter with the living presence, the divine presence in our world? So when we look at that first reading, the story of Samuel and his call, we get a great lesson there because both of these readings, you know, the authors are trying to set out for us a paradigm or a model of how we ourselves have that encounter. So in that first reading, with Samuel, the lesson is pretty clear. It ain't easy, folks. Uh, it's not easy. 
that we don't immediately, just what it is to be human, we don't immediately recognize the presence of God. Well, we might see God in the big world, we might think about creation, but here it is God calling one by name, you know, where we are addressed personally by the living God. It takes a while. It may take us several tries, as it was three times with Samuel. God spoke to him, spoke his name. He didn't get it. He was clueless. And so are we. And it may take us years, really, to be able to listen and hear that voice that addresses us personally. And we have a sense of our personal encounter with God. When we look at the gospel today, that there's also a story of personal encounter. But here, of course, it goes a step further. It's not just an encounter with God's holy presence, but an encounter with God in the person of Jesus the Christ. So how do we have that encounter with Jesus, who our faith tells us is alive and present in our midst today, the risen Christ. And if we look at this story, uh, John, the gospel writer, is setting out this paradigm or model for us as, how, as to how it goes. And you'll have to trust me on this. If you read the whole gospel of John, you'll see this is a pattern that carries out through the whole gospel. And the pattern is this. We can't come to a personal encounter with Jesus just out of thin air. Well, we might in a sense, have an encounter with God out of thin air. But for Jesus, we, we need someone, we need to know about him. We need to have heard about him somewhere. And so it is that John the baptizer is the one who points him out to the two disciples. And then they get interested. Their interest is sparked somehow, and they follow. If our interest is sparked, if we have even the tiniest shred of interest in Jesus and follow him, what's going to happen? He is going to turn to us and say, and these are the very first words Jesus speaks in the Gospel of John, what are you looking for? What do you seek? Jesus will help us recognize and be in touch with our deepest spiritual desires, our deepest desires for our life. What are you looking for? This is so Ignatian. Saint Ignatius recognized this and built it into the fabric of his spiritual exercises, that our, our best prayer begins when we are in touch with what we seek and desire in our lives. And in response to that question, the disciples say, where do you live? Show us where you live. Well, now let's do a little translating here. It's very hard to get this in English. That word, where do you live, is really, you might say, where do you dwell? Where do you abide? And that is a key word that goes through the whole Gospel of John. You think of some of the great sayings from John's Gospel. In my Father's house, there are many, what? dwelling places. It's the same word. And Jesus says, abide in me as I abide in the Father. 
and I abide in you. That's the same word, that abide, dwell. So it's a deep question they're really asking here. What they're saying isn't just, you know, tell us your address or show us the house where you're staying. They're saying, show us what your life is like. Show us what matters to you. Where do you dwell? What's important, you know? Show us your way of living. And when we ask Jesus that question, what does he say in return? Come and you will see. Come and you will see. He always invites us. If we've gotten interested, and he turns and engages us in that personal way, he always invites us to come and promise that we will see. We will see how he lives and what his life is. Now, as they say in the ads, there's more. <laughs> there's still more. That encounter with Jesus leads somewhere. It leads us to a life that is moral and ethical. It leads us to deeds and to action. And that brings us back to the second reading, to that silly song that I <laughs> wrapped out for you here. Huh? So, and this is so important, I think. If you really, you know, take out your, your hymnals there and look at the words in that second reading, it's very clear while it's a pitch for living a moral life, it's a, it's a pitch for sexual morality, it really is about our relationship with Jesus. Huh? It's based on saying the body is the Lord's. The Lord loves the body. The Lord's going to glorify your body. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Do you, do you get it? You know, that's what Paul is saying to the Christians that he's writing to here. And so we see that the morality flows out of the relationship with God. And this is so important in our lives. That we have that encounter first with God. We have that encounter with Jesus. We have some personal relationship. And that's what leads us to our ethical living. That leads us to action. It's that relationship that guides us that centers us, that uh, grounds us in what matters most in life, that shows us our priorities. You know, if we don't have that encounter and we don't have that relationship, how are we going to experience the ethical dimension of Christianity? It's just going to sound like a bunch of rules. Do this, don't do that. Moral obligations that we have. Hmm? And, of course, that's how we grow up. When you're a little kid and if you're raised in the Christian tradition, you learn what's good, you know, what's right and what's wrong. But at some point, it has to be more than rules and obligations. At some point, we have to grow up and have that personal encounter where God speaks our own name. We have that encounter with Jesus where he says to us, come, see where I dwell, see my way of life, and you will see it. You will know it. You will be able to enter into it. 
And it leads not only to ethical action in our lives, but eventually, as we know, if we hear the rest of the gospel, it leads to a call and a mission, ascending, a purpose. And this is where I think about Dr. Martin Luther King, certainly a person who had a deep sense of faith in Jesus, whose life was shaped by that faith, and who was led to a mission and to action. And we know that we also are called, as he was, because we live in the same world and the same culture. There are many issues in our world today that cry out for our attention. We think of the the terrible violence that keeps escalating in the Middle East these days. How do we bring God's peace, Jesus' way of peace, into this world? We look in our own city, our own country, and we know that we live with a horrible legacy of slavery and racism. How do we respond to that? And similarly to what I just said from that second reading, we might experience that as an obligation or a duty that we have. We ought to do this. We ought to respond to the problems of racism in the country. And yes, we should. (laughs) We should do that. But for us as Christians, the real question, the real issue is, first of all, our encounter with Jesus. And if we really have that encounter and build that relationship with Jesus, he's going to lead us and guide us. We don't want to experience our lives as heavy burdens and obligations, but rather a joyful response to what the Lord living today is asking of us. And I just think of what's going on in our Jesuit order today, how we're trying very slowly to respond to that call that we feel the Lord is giving to us today to deal with this legacy of racism. And the Jesuits are slowly uh, exploring the horrible legacy of their involvement in slavery and in the slave trade, not only here in this country, but in other parts of the world. You know, we're coming aware of this and working on reparations and building a foundation to deal with the descendants of the enslaved and so forth. That's just an example, but we're all called, but not out of that sense of obligation and duty, but because we're in touch with the living Lord. And if we have that encounter with Jesus, he will surely say to us, come and see, see the world that you're living in, see its real issues, see its real needs. Come and follow me, and I will give you the guidance, I will give you the mission, and show you in your own life how you can respond to the real needs of your world today. As always, thank you for listening. To learn more about the community at Saints Peter and Paul Jesuit, check out our website, sspjesuit.org, or follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Links for all three can be found in the show notes. Until next time, be
Be well and God bless.